questions. Welcome. Hello. I'm Reverend Cassandra Ray. I'm the spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock, and I am so grateful to be with you in community today. It's been a week, and I am just so glad to be here with you. And my hope is that this space will serve as a refuge from your fears and your worries, and may it be an incubator for your dreams and intentions, and may it be a source of empowering ideas that reveal your spiritual magnificence. Today, I send a very special blessing to all of the grandparents who are with us right now. And I send a blessing to all of the grandparents who've been a part of bringing each one of you into being for that for them, I am so grateful. So happy Grandparents Day. And as always, I'd like to also acknowledge that I live and work on the traditional unceded territory of the Coast Salish nations, including Kwikwetlem, Tisleiwatooth, and Stalo nations. And so now, let us ground our time together in truth and spirit. I invite you to turn within and taking a breath. Turning your attention toward that heart space, the entryway to an experience of the universal spirit that is the source of all life, this one mind, this one power that is the source, I know that it is absolutely the source of our wholeness and well-being, that it is protecting and guiding each one of us this day, that it is unconditional love and creativity, Bringing together this community, I remember my oneness with this source and my interconnection with all life, all beings. What I know of this time together today is that it is a natural expansion and expression of this universal truth of love and power. I know that it regrounds each one of us in this divine safety and protection, that it illuminates the infinite possibility that we as humans have the power to create a new reality, that we have the power to heal and to work together for the benefit of this planet and for the benefit of each other. And so I send a special blessing today to each and every firefighter who is showing up to keep communities safe. Hmm. I put a picture in my mind of the clear blue skies of fresh air, of birds singing and and I am so grateful for the ability to recognize that this too shall pass. I am grateful 
for each and every grandparent in our community, for each and every ancestor that has brought us to this present experience with one another. May this time together and may each one here be lifted up and may it feed the souls of each one of us as well as reverberate out into the world, creating an expression of health, healing, wholeness, and love. It's with this gratitude and love and hope of what's to come. I release my word into the divine law of mind, knowing it is already so. I let it be, and so it is. Oh, woo. I have a very provocative question to ask you as we get started. So for those of, of you who've just, you know, who are here with us on Zoom, because part of this is going out to people who didn't just get to appreciate the beautiful melody of Ranj Singh. For those of you who are here with me now on Zoom, uh, you know, take a breath, hold on to your chair. <laughs> Because what I'm wondering today is, are you ready to get old? Wait, are you already old? Ah! <laughs> if we were together in person, we would most likely all be like groaning and moaning right now. Uh... So I'm wondering, why is aging an insult. In fact, we are so insulted by aging that we have an entire industry on anti-aging. And in fact, I did a little bit of research and did you know that North America has the largest anti-aging market in the world? It's crazy. It really is crazy. Listen to these numbers. The, the North American anti-aging market is worth 13 billion US dollars. And that was from 2019, 13 billion dollars. And it's, they think it'll go to $18 billion by like 2025. We are literally spending billions of dollars to stop the appearance of age. And yet, aging is a privilege. What? Yes, you totally heard me correctly. Aging is a privilege. Why? Because not everyone gets to age. Not everyone gets old. And that's, that's pretty hard to even consider. So why do we resist, deny, and discriminate against something that is a privilege to experience? Well, Ashton Applewhite, who's the author of a book called This Chair Rocks, um, she is a 
an ageism activist, she gave a TED talk here in Vancouver, actually, in 2017, that got a standing ovation. And her TED talk is called Let's End Ageism. And in it, she said, it's embarrassing to be called out as older until we quit being embarrassed about it. It's not healthy to go through life dreading our futures. And the sooner we get off this hamster wheel of age denial, the better off we are. And she said this one phrase that really took me back. She said, everyone here is either old or future old. <laughs> Whoa. And that, that can be depressing, right? To imagine yourself getting old can be depressing. But guess what? That's ageism. And she said, it's all about how we look at it. And she concludes, and I love this, she says, aging is not a problem to be fixed or a disease to be cured. It is a natural, powerful, lifelong process that unites us all. Yeah, aging is universal. It's happening to us all, all the time. And so let's lean into it today. Because what if aging is an asset? And what if we could tap into that asset by connecting across generations? So our book of the month, show you here, it's so beautiful, right? Look at this cover, I love it. This is our book of the month for September and it's called On the Brink of Everything, Grace, Gravity and Getting Old. It's by Parker Palmer. Now, Palmer is a writer, teacher, and activist who's published 10 books, including A Hidden Wholeness and The Courage to Teach. Those are two of my faves of his. And he published On the Brink of Everything at 80 years of age. And essentially, it's his reflection on aging. But he writes, this book is not a guide to or handbook for getting old. Instead, it's me turning the prism on my experience of aging as a way of encouraging readers to do the same with theirs. We need to reframe aging as a passage of discovery and engagement, not decline and inaction. Isn't that lovely? Aging is a passage of discovery and engagement. Yeah, I'm much more willing to get old <laughs> when it's a passage of discovery and engagement. And one of the ways that he stays engaged is connecting with young people. And he says, when the young and old are connected like the poles of a battery, the power that's released enlivens both parties and helps light up the world. And boy, we could really use some light in the world right now. There are some very serious problems and crises, like multiple, not just like a crisis, but crises that we're facing today that are so intense, we can't just do what we've always done. 
we've got to open up to new ideas and new ways of being with one another. And these new ways of being, they, they need to happen individually in our own individual lives and collectively as we address these problems that when we all come together, we face in the world. I mean, we're feeling the, the impact of our environment today as we're living in an unhealthy air quality here in British Columbia and in the Pacific Northwest of the United States and Canada. So this is where creative engagement can help us address the problems of the world, your world and the world. Creative engagement is a place to turn to and Palmer says that our hopes for the future do not lie in the hands of the young. That's weird, because I always think of that, right? Like, you know, the, the, the next generation is our hope. We tend to think that way, right? But he says, and I quote, we, young and old together, hold the future in our hands if our common life is to become more compassionate, creative, and just, it will take an intergenerational effort. Okay, that makes sense then, right? That it's, it's not just our responsibility, it's not just the next generation's responsibility, it's actually an intergenerational thing where we all get to come together on and I do like the sound of that that makes so much sense because I too believe that the best solutions come from connection when I think about connection I'm reminded of Johan Hari's work uh, Johan Hari he wrote the book The Lost Connection or is it Connections one of the two. Um, but it's about this healing power of connection. And he said, and I quote, so the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It is human connection. And he did some fascinating work and not just on addiction, but also on mental health challenges like depression and anxiety that actually um, part of our treatment for them should be literally connection. That connection helps alleviate our mental health challenges. And we do have to get creative about how we connect these days, right? Because we're social distancing in a pandemic and we can creatively engage. And I'm asking you to believe that, that intergenerational human connection which is connecting across generations, people of different ages, that that has the power to change the world. Palmer writes, intergenerational rhythms can move our hearts, our minds, and our feet, and might even help the world to be a better place. So when I read this, about intergenerational rhythms moving us into making the world a better place, I was reminded of a story in Everyday Ubuntu. Do you remember this little book? We were reading it last month. This was our book of the month from, from last month. It's called Everyday Ubuntu by uh, Mungi and Gamane. 
And she tells this intergenerational story that I just want to read to you. It's story time. Don't you love that? So respect goes hand in hand with dignity, she writes. My mother once told me the story of a butcher's shop in the community in which she grew up in, in Soweto. On the face of things, it was an ordinary shop, selling everything from chicken drumsticks to pork chops. And what made it special, however, were the people who worked there. Every single person who walked in the door, young or old, black or white, rich or poor, received exactly the same welcome. While other shopkeepers in the community ignored young kids and served adults first, this particular one treated everyone equally. They smiled, looked each customer in the eye, and with sincerity, asked them how their day was. Even if the person in front of the counter was knee high, they were afforded the same respect as an elder. And this was highly unusual at the time, but kids quickly picked up on how they were being treated as they ran errands for their parents. People began to hear about the quality of customer care at this butcher's and started to come to visit and experience it for themselves. They came to spend their precious money there in the shop where Ubuntu was part of the service. And customers would say, these people are truly people. As the owner and his staff embodied the philosophy of Ubuntu in each and every human interaction. This is an example of how intergenerational connection changes your experience in your everyday life and even in your business. And uh, Ngamane tells us how we can creatively engage across generations. I mean, it's very, it's very, very clear. Like when I just ask you, how would you connect across the generations? You might go, I have no idea. However, she gives us some very simple instructions here. She says, oh, I just bumped my desk. She says, look people in the eye, even when they're knee high, greet them and respect them as you would an adult. Treat them as a human being. Ask them how they're doing. Listen to what they say. This is our opportunity to creatively engage across generations. And so as you are walking through your world, both in person and online, because we do a lot of walking online these days, right? Notice if you're giving more or less respect to people of different ages. Ageism, which is the discrimination of someone based on their age, is built into society. And this means that if we don't consciously look at our beliefs around age and our attitudes around aging, then we will default to the social norms and biases of the time and place that you're in. And essentially every one of us, everyone, no one's excluded, 
has blind spots. And part of our spiritual practice is to illuminate our blind spots and biases so that we can make a conscious choice about how we're moving through the world and not just perpetuate the prejudices of the times. So creative engagement, it calls us to one, change our minds about aging. Aging is not a problem. It's a universal lifelong process of discovery and engagement. That's number one. Number two, recognize that we are in this together at all ages and across every generation. We are in this together. And every generation has something of value to add and the power to improve the world. And so number three, part of our spiritual practice involves rooting out prejudices that might be lurking in our blind spots. Rooting out prejudices, and sometimes they're just underlying hidden beliefs that we picked up from our life experience and we might not even actually believe in them, but they're there unless we consciously look at them and release them. You know, it's funny because, um, I don't know, if many of you know me well enough, you'd know that I'm passionate about gender equity. And, and, and I often, even though I consider myself an activist around gender equity, I often find my own gender biases. I just, and I find them because I hear them coming out of my own mouth. And, and, and when that happens, I just tell on myself. I tell on myself and I say, oops, there's my bias right there. For, I'll just give you a quick example. It comes to mind. I was having a conversation with a friend and uh, we were talking about his granddaughter and her husband and, and they'd had a baby and whatnot. And I assumed that the mom was a stay-at-home mom and that the dad was making the income for the family. And it was absolutely opposite. Uh, the mom um, was a nurse practitioner and the dad was staying home with their new baby. And I was like, whoops there's my bias. That's a gender bias right there. And, and so in this third aspect of rooting out our prejudices, it's just recognizing that they're there. You know, how often, ugh, telling on myself again here, um, how often are you like walking down the street in your own neighborhood and you see some kids walking together and they're like laughing really loudly or something and they don't notice you. Maybe they walk too close to you. And, and, and then how often do you find yourself thinking, oh, those crazy kids. <laughs> I mean, I find myself doing that. And, and this is our call. 
this is our call. That's ageism. That's discrimination against someone because of their age. And so, oh, I was reading uh, Pema Chodron's book. Okay, I read a lot, you guys. But um, The Places That Scare You, Pema Chodron, and in that book, she has this practice where when she's walking through her day, she will actually send a loving kindness message to people as she passes them by. So in, I, I practiced this the other day too. I was walking the dog and there were some kids walking by me and I was a little grouchy about it. And, and I noticed, I noticed, oh, there's, there's my prejudice. There's my ageism. And so instead I said, may you be happy. May you be happy. That's one of the, I'll just read you, I'll recite to you some of the loving kindness messages that there are. May you be happy. May you be healthy and strong. May you be, may you be free from suffering. So instead of walking through my neighborhood, getting irritated at people, I have a choice to walk through my neighborhood sending blessings to people. And so this is what I'm asking you to do this week, right? Change your mind about getting older. Recognize the value in all generations and extend yourself. Extend yourself to people. You know, life is challenging right now. We're facing circumstances that we've never faced before. And I will admit to you, that I have been scared and terrified even a lot this week. We need creative engagement more than ever. And it is time to change our minds, not just about aging, but about how we coexist on our planet together, how we connect and relate to one another, to the earth and to all of creation. We must look past circumstances and instead see what's possible and we must do the work to remove the prejudices that stop us from connecting and co-creating we must open up to the universe to the creativity of the universe because what we need is already here already alive and waiting for our receptivity, you see there is a solution for every problem we face. There is a divine idea and vision for our health, for our prosperity, for our well-being. We simply must make ourselves available to it. So how do you tune in to the divine, to the universe, to people across generations. Open up to a new way to connect this week because what you might have done in the past, it might not be available to you right now. And it just might be a young person who has a new idea that you couldn't see without them. And like Ranch told me before we got started, his daughter helps him navigate technology. So literally, 
this younger generation might be able to help you navigate things that you swore you would never be a part of that now you are forced to be a part of and you're saying okay show me the way kids show me the way and i know that when we connect and we open up removing those prejudices that stop us from seeing the potential in people we absolutely will live in a new reality that deepens our connection our respect our unity and creates a new world not only for the next generation but for us right now right here today it is possible for us to change the world through connection. And so it is. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're supported 100% by your generous contributions. If you found value in this episode, please give online at csl-whiterock.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be notified of future episodes as well as ways to connect, learn, and grow. Thank you and abundant blessings on your path.